Fearless. 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 Fearless Presence. Welcome, everybody, again. Today, I have with me Amy White. And Amy is a medium and consultant extraordinaire. I've had the great privilege of using Amy's wisdom and even having her to my house for a an evening of mediumship with a group of friends that was super fun. And so I'm really excited for this conversation. Welcome, Amy. Thank you for having me. Gosh, I was just thinking about that event the other day and how much fun it was to hang in your house with your friends and channel through some just divine wisdom. It was so good. And I loved how it's always, you know, I I live in this in this space too, but I love how much clarity somebody can get for somebody that they don't know. <laughs> it surprises me often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. You know, and that's how, but it's also how I know uh and sense and feel the truth of this work that I do because you know, I'm human and it's nice to have that validation of, I hear things coming through me as I'm channeling. And I wonder like, oh my goodness, like, is this like, what, how is this going to land? You know? And then when it, you know, when it hits and I hear, I see heads nodding and people laughing and, you know, like they get it, it lands in such a way that it's their truth. It just feels like, okay, you know, this is really uh, a unique and special privilege to be able to do this. Yeah, no, I agree. And it is endlessly surprising and delighting on the practitioner's end of it too, to deliver that information. And so you have not always been a medium. No, I haven't. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about the world you came from? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, for a long time, I dubbed myself a reluctant intuitive medium because I started my career right out of college uh, working in technology and technology and in different, like climbing the corporate ladder rung by rung by rung in the technology field and in the information systems field. And so super left brain. And, you know, the, the beautiful thing about it is that at the time and in the space I was then, it was definitely my purpose. Like it was, I was passionate about it. I was excited about it. I was, I felt very guided, even though I wouldn't have used those terms then. Um, But I felt very strongly aligned with the work. And then um, as my career progressed, you know, I started to look around as I was climbing the ladder and I was questioning whether or not it was still my passion or where I was being called to be in the world. And um, at, at, at a point down, you know, it's down the road of my career, I actually ended up at the top of the ladder in the C-suite, the thing I had been working for, for, ge- for, for generations, feels like generations, for <laughs> decades though, you know, and I looked around and I realized, wow, this ladder is against the wrong wall. Now, the, the, the gift in it is that in the 10 years leading up to that moment, I had started to rediscover my intuitive gifts. And I started doing um, coaching, you know, executive, corporate, life coaching. And I realized during that time that I knew things about my clients that I didn't know how I knew 
but I knew I knew them. And even though I never shared that specifically with my clients, I would use the information to guide the, um, the way that I ran my sessions. And just like we were talking about a few minutes ago, the ahas, the way that the information landed with my coaching clients was so powerful that it led me on this journey of really starting to explore, okay, this is more than gut sense and, you know, being savvy in the work that I do. There was something bigger, something greater that was part of who I was. Um, And so, yeah, it took a really long time um, in my judgment mind, right, to to allow this part of me, this aspect of me to, to unfold and unravel in lots of ways uh, so that I felt comfortable and confident um, moving from the corporate arena into the coaching and intuitive channeling mediumship arena that I'm in now. And so I'd love to hear your definition or your uh, the way you see intuition and consciousness and are they the same thing? Are they different? Yeah. So, I mean, we could get into a whole philosophical conversation about how we're all one, you know, we're one energy. It's all, everything is everything. Um, But I think because we are here in this human experience, it's easier to sort of speak to it from that mindset. So to me, conscious uh, consciousness or universal consciousness is a wisdom that exists within the cosmos, right? But, but, and the cool part about it is it's also the wisdom that exists within each one of us. And so to me, that's also the definition of intuition, right? It's being able to connect into the wisdom that resides within us and outside of us. But again, that's the paradox of being in this human experience and in starting to listen to the whispers of this of this deeper knowing, this deeper resonance, not just knowing information about other people or knowing information about what our next steps are, but knowing who we are in our truth, in our capital T truth, and and, and living as often as possible from that space of connection into that truth. I love that because I know my experience of really coming in to own my own intuition and consciousness was one of spending a lot of time denying that inner truth or like ignoring those inner whispers, like that's not really happening or I don't need to pay attention to that, (laughs) you know, but as they show, you know, as it showed up stronger and stronger, I had a very similar experience like, oh, this is something more than just a gut sense. And there's so much magic in, in listening to those whispers. Do you feel that like, is this consciousness thing, something that everybody has access to, or do you feel like some of us are pull it through a little bit more easily than others? Or is it just that internal resistance that keeps anyone out of it? Oh yeah. I love this question so much because I mean, we are all, we're all soul bodies, human soul, you know, having that experience in the same moment. So that by virtue of that truth, we are all then uh, in the space of being able to access that inner wisdom, that, that infinite wisdom of the universe. Now I would say, yeah, inner resistance is a big piece of it. Um, you know, I went through the same thing, not wanting to name it, not wanting to claim it, not wanting uh, for fear of what people would think. 
But, you know, also societally, we are really conditioned, you know, to certain belief systems. And in my own story, um, you know, my family of origin from a very young age would say to me, oh, you can't talk to God through anyone but the church, you know, and if you try to, if you do that, um, you are bringing bad onto the family. You're bringing, you could bring evil into the family. And I remember being a young child and thinking, that's a big burden to carry, to be like, okay, I'm walking around and I must have been just being me in my capital T truth, even as a young child, right? Not knowing that I wasn't quote unquote supposed to. And it must have been freaking my family out because I remember thinking, I can't be me. Like, how do I... I'm, I, there's something wrong with me just being me. And so that really shut down the, the access to my inner wisdom because I just, I couldn't even go there, you know? And it was, it was years later, I was into my, you know, into my adult, you know, my twenties when it finally started to knock on the door loud enough for me to go, Oh, there's something here for me to explore. But I think we all have that. And, and, even people who don't think that they're intuitive at all can can put their finger on you know different experiences in their lifetime call it coincidence call it synchronicity you know where things have happened where they had a thought pop in their mind like change lanes driving down the highway or gosh i haven't seen so and so in so long and then you run into them in the grocery store or you know something like that that happens that that's intuition right that's connecting to that inner wisdom because you're picking up the energetic vibration of that person and of course you're going to run into them you know when you're really listening and so then it becomes you know i think the challenge for many of us myself included as i was you know starting to walk down this path of how how much can you trust the process to allow it to unfold? And I think because of societal conditioning, um, though, thank goodness, like, I feel like we're living in a time and space now where we can have these conversations openly, you know, and we won't, we don't risk persecution or, you know, being burned at the stake for, for talking about this. So I'm so grateful to be living in this time, you know, where we can, but there's a lot of that ancestrally, there's a lot of that societally that it's like bad, it's wrong, it's shameful, it's, you know, it's, it's just not what we do. And so there's a lot of sort of breaking these ceilings of our own, our own belief systems so that we can explore how to come into deeper connection with that inner wisdom. You know, and I think too, when we talk about intuition, a lot of times people go, well, if I'm intuitive, then, oh my gosh, am I going to have to go out in the world and like chase people through the grocery stores, you know, to give messages from a loved one who's passed on or, you know, and it's, it's like first and foremost, and this is even how I started on my path, because when I started to explore my intuition, I didn't have the intention of doing this as a practice. You know, this was for my own sort of growth, my own evolution. And I think first, that's really firstly what this connecting to our intuition is all about. And long way to answer, yes, we all can do it. It's just about making the choice and then allowing the little by little of the unfolding of the awareness. Yes. And it's, uh, I completely agree. And it's so much like a, like a very personal language, like everybody, like, you know, intuition comes to people differently. And like, I'd love to hear you just kind of talk about maybe that 
language or how you, you know, because certainly some people hear things more, some people see things a little bit more easily or others will feel it a little bit more easily. And then it is really just kind of getting to know your own language. Completely, completely. And it's really unique to each one of us. And I think that, you know, our inner wisdom, our intuition, our inner being uses the things and our physical experience that we can connect with um, the, the, the easiest. So I've seen and, and spoken to mediums and channels over the years who, you know, would have a whole symbol system, you know, like if they saw a knife, it meant this. And if they saw a chicken, it meant this. And, you know, and so that was their sort of way of interpreting the information that was coming in. For me, it's, it's a little bit hard to describe, um, but I, I would say that I primarily everything comes into me through feeling. And then there's something that happens <laughs> in my human, you know, body, my brain that translates the feeling into words, but it happens in such a split second that it's not even anything that I consciously think about. It just, it just is, you know, it's like, Oh, feeling word, you know, I can slow it down enough to sense it you know, but not enough to say exactly what's happening. <laughs> um, it's very interesting. Well, I, I, I definitely understand that. I would say I probably hear it more, my own intuition more than anything else. But when I started, I would have told you that, oh, I don't hear it at all. It's not that kind of a thing. And then I was in a, an intuitive development class and they said, pick your weakest Claire sense, you know, like Claire yeah. and Claire sentient or whatever. And I did the, and I picked hearing and I was like, oh no, this is how it's all coming. <laughs> and I just hadn't connected, connected yeah. that. And I want to touch on the trust piece because the trust is such a big issue with it. And really the only way, I don't know if it's the only way I say that, like, the, I mean, the way you build the trust is with your practice and by learning that language so that you really become fluent in it, just like you said, so that you don't have to translate. Right, right. I, I think, I mean, and again, trust is such a big, broad statement. And I think each one of us can look at the word trust and the feeling of trust and interpret it differently. Um, to me, it's about really learning to the, the felt sense of, of what you're, what you're getting, what, in, how the information is coming in, and then starting to understand within your body, like, Ooh, this feels like truth. Oh, this might just be my thinking mind making things up, you know, and then, and then sort of finding that place to, um, to get the validation. You know, one of the things that I've found in, in my spiritual exploration over all of these decades is that there's a lot of conversation around um, how we're not, as humans, we're not supposed to be looking externally for validation. But how do you build a muscle? How do you build any kind of practice or process or habit, right? You need feedback. And so for me, my, my trusting experience really came from, I would do something, I would get validated, you know, through whatever the way, shape or form, you know, sometimes it was just internally, like, I always say that my inner being is really uh, quickly self-correcting. So when I'm not listening to my intuition, I, I'm pretty much yanked back 
you know, into that space of like, no, no, you need to listen to this. But it wasn't always like that. And so sometimes I would not listen to my intuition and see the result of not listening to my intuition. And sometimes I would listen to my intuition and see the results of that. And so as, you know, as I started to play and dance and flow with that, it became more and more easy for me to discern, okay, when I'm sensing information, where does it sit in my body? And then how, how do I come to trust that my body will give me the answers, even if my mind is still not quite sure? And so it really has been, you know, this flow. But, but like I said, I think it's different for everyone. And it's dependent on the stories we carry with us. It's dependent on the way we were conditioned from young children to both trust ourselves and our quote unquote instincts, but also to be, to feel safe enough in the world to trust that we can do and practice and, and play with this idea of intuition, you know, and not get in trouble or not get, you know, not get criticized or not get looked at like we're, you know, three headed <laughs> uh, uh, yes. ladies. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The, and my experience for, for all of my fear of kind of stepping out of the intuitive closet, you know, and bringing it into my more, uh, well, now it's not as much, but at the time, my more conventional physical therapy, <laughs> allopathic sort of practice, the Every time I told somebody a story about my intuition or something, the answer was me too. Or like, you know, I would say, you know, this is what I'm seeing or what I've been, what I'm experiencing. And they might ask me a question about how it came to me and they would say, oh, I see auras and I, you know, have dreams and like, and I would hear, and, and it is like, it's so beautiful to live right now where we're celebrating diversity in so many ways, but also to be able to have these conversations so that we learn to trust each other and learn this other language, you know, that we all have this connection to consciousness yeah. going on. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. You know, so I will, uh, you know, I'll just put a little plug in there for listeners to really have these conversations with your friends and your family because the the Me Too responses continually stun me still. Even. Well, it's so funny that you say that. I was just uh, telling the story the other day about how, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, my family of origin, you know, really made it clear that what I was doing, how I was being was wrong or bad. But then when I did come out of the spiritual closet with my family of origin, I got the me too's from them. You know, my father was like, oh, I've, I've been, you know, getting information in my dreams for as long as I can remember. And, you know, and it's like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like this would have been so much easier had I, had I had the ability to have those conversations, even with my family to say, oh my gosh, well, of course, you know, and my father's mother was very intuitive and, you know, like now I can see it, but I would have loved to have been able to have those conversations back then. I think it would have made me, and, and I don't bemoan my journey at all, but there was so much value in the way that my journey unfolded, but it's also like you look and you go, wow, it would have probably been easier for me to embrace these gifts had I felt that, that there were other people who understood me you know, in my immediate circle. Yes. And, you know, I will say 
I don't know that I was ever explicitly shut down for my intuition as a child, but I certainly had a this big fear of being myself in front of anyone from a very, very young age. But I've really been able to, uh, it, it's been a real joy to allow my children to express theirs in their way and kind of shepherd them through figuring it out for themselves. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, I, I was grateful that I came into this understanding when my kids were younger, because we would play all kinds of intuition games, you know, just being at a restaurant and like, ooh, let's, let's, you know, let's intuit uh, about this waitress or, you know, like, what's her story. And it would be so interesting to see how in, in a very respected or respectful way, mm-hmm. right? Um, how then at some point something would be said and my kids would just look at me and they're like, we were right, you know? And so just allowing that access and having those deep conversations, those expansive conversations with my children when they were <laughs> stuck in the car with me on long rides and, you know, I could really get that one-on-one time to explore, like, what are your beliefs? And and how do you feel, you know, like, wh- how do you see the world? And do you see it as haphazard and random? Or, you know, do you feel like there's, you know, there's some magic here? And what is that? What do you call that? You know, we never had, I, I came from such a conservative religious background that I wanted to give my kids the space to explore what they believed about, you know, the universe, about the cosmos, about life in general not from a dogmatic standpoint, but would support them if that's what they were interested in, but just from a, let's talk about it from this consciousness, you know, spirituality um, experience first, and then giving them the tools to find their way to whatever they felt called to. It's powerful. It, it really, really is. So t- talk a little bit about how you help people. Oh, how I help people. Well, um, I really, I like that question because, hmm, I hadn't considered it so so much help, maybe support. It might just be the language. But in the work that I do, I channel a group of energies that call themselves the greater consciousness. And the greater consciousness describes themselves as all of the wisdom that ever was, all of the wisdom that will ever be, and all of the wisdom that's here right now in this time and space in every living being. And so in essence, they are the connection to the infinite wisdom, but not just the infinite wisdom of the cosmos, the infinite wisdom that resides within each one of us. And so the role that I play in this in this practice is to be the channel, the connector between the greater consciousness, universal consciousness, and the greater consciousness wisdom within my clients or audiences, depending on the situation, and help to really bring forward information that already exists within each person. So it's not this fortune telling, you know, this is what's going to happen down the path and you've never considered or contemplated it, though there's some of that, but there's, it's more about these aha moments, you know, sometimes subtle, sometimes bold that, that you can see that head nod, like we were talking, you can see how the information lands because it is a truth that the that the client or clients already know, you know, and so it's more bringing to the surface, the inner knowing, as opposed to some external information coming in uh, for them. 
if that makes sense. Absolutely. And what are some types of questions or problems or that people come to you with? What are the... Well, it, it can really be anything. You know, every single session that I do, every single group event um, or speaking engagement where I'm engaging with the audience is different. You know, sometimes people really want to know very specific things. When will I meet my partner? You know, is this the right job for me? Or um, is my uh, is my loved one in non-physical okay. But oftentimes it really is more of a deeper line of inquiry. You know, who am I? Am I on the right path? Am I, am I hearing my guidance? I keep feeling pulled in this direction, but I don't know why or how, or, you know, if that's even really true for me, you know, it's cut. So it's at that really the deeper level of introspection and exploration that is often the questions that come forward. And of course, those are the questions that really can only be answered through the connection to the in, the internal infinite wisdom. And so that to me um, is, is, is really a lot of what, you know, what the inquiries are, but it, it really can be anything. I've channeled animals and people and, you know, sometimes even tactical process and tools and next steps. And, you know, there's a lot of validation that comes through for the work that people have done, you know, or the healing exploration or the inquiry and, and where kind of where the breadcrumbs are along the path so that they, they can find their own way, you know, the greater consciousness. And it's really interesting because, you know, I am human and my human brain is engaged during this though. It, it's kind of, I kind of move that personality, ego, thinking mind off to the side when I channel, but, but it's also, it's, it, it, there's a duality conversation happening very often where I'm hearing what the greater consciousness is saying to the client. And then I have all these thoughts about how I can help to guide them, you know, from a tactical perspective. And they're always telling me like, shh, you know, (laughs) no talking, no talking, um, because it really isn't about me. And, you know, and about my, my thinking process. So it's really an interesting, uh, it's an interesting way that the sessions work because it is so much about me getting out of the way and really being the clearest channel I can be for whatever wisdom, whatever information, whatever guidance, whatever connections are in the highest good of the client or clients. I love your description about getting out of your own way to pull through the information because certainly that's a very universal experience in our all of our lives. So like the getting out of our own way so we can make whatever we want. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. To happen happen and through my own uh lens I love how much of this I can tie back to how our verbal parts of our brain our conscious aspects, our, those neural pathways process information at 40 bits per second, and our nonverbal aspects of our brain and our bodies transmit information at 11 million bits per second. <laughs> and so what you're really describing is that 11 million bits per second superhighway. Yeah, exactly. Which is why sometimes the greater consciousness talks really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And 
you do even some business consulting or company corporate kind of work too, correct? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, And some of it is intuitive and some of it is really like business consulting. And one of the things that I learned early on, so after I left my corporate my corporate job, and I started to build my practice, I realized that my left brain, my that thinking intellectual side of me needs to be stimulated as much as the right brain side of me, which I, I feel like I list towards in all of the, the intuitive t- work that I do. And so you know, very early on, I just had an opportunity after opportunity to, you know, get involved in projects here and there that helped to feed and satisfy that side of my, of my being. And it, what it did was it brought even more balance to the intuitive work that I was doing because I wasn't denying any part of myself. I wasn't telling my left brain, you know, you need to just sit down, shut up and color you know, we've used you enough. Now we're going to really rely on this aspect. But in the recognition of that, it really helped me to see in in my wholeness, you know, I can't deny any aspect of, of who I am or any aspect of the gifts that I bring into the world. And I also felt very strongly that there is a way to show up in all kinds of different avenues in, in the world uh, with that heart-centered heart mind that I think brings value to any type of work that I do. And and everything that I do is spiritual. So it just makes it that much like that much more of a juicy experience, this life experience for me. And the juice is so much in bringing all of yourself to the table and not segmenting off that no, no matter what you're doing. <laughs> completely, completely. And you know that that's been a big message that the greater consciousness has been talking about now for a couple of years, but it gets like, they give me more deeper and deeper understanding of it as time goes by. But they talk about this idea of what they call the balance point. And it's, it's really like from a, from a higher perspective, it's bringing the human experience and the soul experience together in the same moment. And that is really wholeness. We spend a lot of time, especially those of us that are on the spirituality path with some, what I consider to be misinformation about our goal, our end goal, right? Enlightenment is not about transcending our our human experience, ignoring our human experience just to be the soul experience. Because if that were the case, we would have never come from non-physical to this physical experience because we wouldn't have needed to. So the, the the, the idea that we're here to be human is hard for some of us to grasp, especially when we can play in that higher vibrating soul experience so often. It feels so yummy. It's like, I don't want to come back to the ground and, you know, and be in this human experience. And yet when we're denying, as you just said, any aspect of ourselves, then we're not in wholeness. And so then are we really are we really evolving? Are we really, you know, um, partaking in all of the feast that is here for us, body and soul, human and soul, which is, again, why we came, you know, we came to be messy humans, 
I mean, that's, that has been the exclamation point upon exclamation point that the greater consciousness, you know, keeps bringing through. It's like, don't, don't deny that part of you. Don't deny that part of you. I love that so much because life is so endlessly messy and it can be neat for a little while. And then it gets messy. (laughs) Completely. Yeah. The, and you know, when I want to talk about kind of that, uh, talking about playing in the ethers and bringing, you know, with this, this human experience, because another way that I have framed kind of the magic is when you can be grounded and ethereal at the same time, because it's not really useful to be ethereal when you can't bring it into meaningful form in your life. And that's certainly one of the, I I think as the, as intuition or psychics as an industry has really exploded in the last 10 years or so, that there's um, sometimes I like finding people that can do that is really, can be really challenging that there's, and so I'm uh, like, like in terms of vetting or good questions to ask you know, when as people are seeking out that type of practitioner is, you know, or even just like using their own in- intuition. Um, I'm just curious if you like what, what your comments are about what about, what specific questions we can ask. Well, or what you can ask yourself or like the bringing it, what's the, you know, like really bringing that into more grounded inf- information and um, you know, I suppose I might say that like, you know, sometimes just because you know, it doesn't mean that you need to do anything with it. Right. (laughs) At some level that there's that, there's kind of that set of information, but when, um, you know, we create lots of stories about our intuitive selves and our, and whatnot that can be challenging, challenging to implement on a, you know, because we have a story that we've, you know, I mean, because, and in, in I love all the, in, you know, when I was really in the throes of my midlife crisis, I did everything from counseling and functional medicine to psychic mediums. <laughs> I was doing a wide mm-hmm. range of things. And what I really loved was how they did help connect all the breadcrumbs and how the the validation was incredibly valuable to me even if i didn't get anything that was super new just seeing that somebody else saw me the yeah. way i was seeing myself and that i wasn't the only you know that i wasn't crazy i wasn't the only yeah. you know <laughs> yes crazy person on the call was was in- incredibly valuable uh but i guess I, you know i guess i'm just looking to pull through something that's like an example of something that leaves people ungrounded for example, you know, or like a, mm-hmm. what would be a, um, or, or like what questions, even as a customer, like what, you, you, like how to ask, you know, how to frame a question to, so that you walk away with the grounded answer. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, I think, you know, I think it's, I, I really, I do, I appreciate this question because I, I would say the first thing that I, I feel is that there's no question that's off limits, right? So as soon as we start to put limits or we push back against something, um, that it's like, oh, that's not important or, or I'm, I'm afraid of that answer or whatever it is. Right. But as soon as we put any kind of our thinking mind comes into play, when there's a question that we're really interested in getting more information about, um, it does, it, it tends to then junk up the connection. 
So whether you're asking yourself or whether you're working with an intuitive or a medium or a channel or psychic, um, to be to be able to be really clear about what are the what are the questions that you're interested in getting deeper answers to, and then to um, and then to also be aware that there's certain things like I can speak for my own practice that. Um, when I'm working with a client, I'm only allowed to give certain information. You know, as humans, we are we are very um, what's the word where we self fulfilling prophecy, right? It's like when if if we're given too much information, we tend to then focus on that information and we miss the journey completely. If you and I were together and you said, "I really want to know when I'm going to meet my next partner or business partner or whatever the question mm-hmm. is," and I say. Tuesday, you know, December 14th at 4 p.m. in a coffee shop, his name is Fred, then between now and December, you're probably not going to be doing anything around that, but waiting till December 14th, you know, and so it doesn't serve your evolutionary process to be given that kind of information, at least in the work that I do. Now, there are, there are practitioners out there that do, that do have access and, and have the ability, authority to give that type of information. But in the work that I do, it's more about teaching people how to continue to touch in and listen and follow the breadcrumbs and look for the signs and listen to the whispers, because that's where the evolution takes place, you know? And so it's really about knowing when you go into, at least in a, into a session with me, that I'm less likely going to give you specifics and more likely going to give you the breadcrumbs or the, or the mile markers to start to be aware of. And then you create your own uh, experience, you know, traversing the, the, the land between the mile markers. Um, yeah. I think that's such a beautiful point because if Fred was waiting for me (laughs) in, you know, in December that I could bypass a lot of my soul's evolution to where when I walk into that coffee shop, I'm not ready for Fred or he's not ready for me. And then it doesn't turn out to be a match. Yeah. And on the, and on the flip side, you know, something from a session or something that even comes into your awareness that shifts you energetically tomorrow could bring that coffee shop meeting with Fred that much closer, you know, so it it works both ways. And that's why I like to tell people that when you're working with somebody who is, who is doing this work, intuitive work, that it is often a snapshot in time. And that because we in this, these human experiences, this human um, experience, we have free will. We can choose, you know, we can choose to not do any of our soul's work between now and when we, you know, potentially going to meet Fred in the coffee shop, or, you know, we can, we can choose something that seeks, you know, deeply in us. Even if it feels scary, we might say, you know what, I've been doing this hamster wheel long enough. I'm just going to make the leap. And then that can change the, trajectory. You know, I remember years ago working with, um, with, with a healer who had shared some information to me and like six, uh, uh, with me. And then six months later, I was like, you know, that thing never happened. And she said, no, it didn't need to, because you did this other, you did some other exploration, other excavation, unguided, you know, by her, 
you know, by my, the healer I was working with and that bypassed some of the things that, that I had on my quote unquote path in that snapshot in time so that I could go on to the things that were beyond it. So it is, it is really, um, you know, I often tell my clients, you know, take what resonates, leave the rest and, and don't go looking for the signs and symbols that are going to, to validate or justify the information, the story that you're creating based on the information, like go explore where each sign and symbol leads you. I love that book, um, The Surrender Experiment. I think it's um, Michael Singer is oh, the I don't author. Know that book. And so he, he wrote The Untethered Soul. So I might, you know, I might be having the wrong author, but, but The Surrender Experiment, I believe it's called. <laughs> um, but the whole, um, the whole book is about this, this man's journey to de- decide that he's just going to follow one breadcrumb at a time and see where life leads him. And to me, that's a lot of this work that I do for my, in my own practice. And then with others is like, here's the next breadcrumb. Here's the next breadcrumb. Here's the breadcrumb that you're ready to have in your awareness, you know, and then what the client does with it and what I do with it for that matter, you know, then becomes that free will piece again, that, that will change or, or pivot or keep us in, you know, a straight line depending. I think this is all such, uh, is also showing us or or the value of intuitive work uh, is certainly to show you what a powerful creator you are. It's one of, one of the things that I am absolutely most passionate about in the work that I do is teaching people how to connect deeper into their intuition, their inner knowing, so that they le- are, are less in need of outside validation and more learning that trust we talked about earlier, that connecting in the listening to the whispers and to becoming their own GPS system, right? To their own spirit. I think that to me is the most powerful um, thing that I can bring into the world. Um, because it is not about, for me, it's not about like how many clients can I see and what's the client, uh, you know, the client size. It's how many people can I help to, to show that they have their own path and their own GPS and their own inner knowing so that we're walking around the world more connected to that capital T truth, you know, more of us. And then what a world we live in with that as that energy becomes more and more palpable and more and more widespread, it's, it's more powerful than any, you know, bit of information that I could give somebody about what their future looks like. Well, Amy, I think that we're, are collectively, we're definitely going to see more and more of that, that that's definitely the, the wave of the future. Please share how people can get in touch with you. So the easiest way to get in touch with me is through my website, which is amywhite.co. And on there, I have all of the information about the services I offer, the courses, the events, um, all the links to my social channels are there as well. Well, I cannot recommend Amy highly enough 
she has been a very, very much a guiding light in my life. So I very much encourage you all to reach out to Amy and book a session with her and connect with your deepest inner wisdom. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Presence Podcast. Text FEARLESS to 411321 to take your first step into Fearless Presence. For international numbers and more information, including my free playbook, Six Steps to Fearless Presence, go to fearlesspresence.com. Be sure to subscribe for more inspiring stories and information to help you step into your fearless presence.